you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Well, please open your Bibles to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1. God willing, we're going to be studying the book of Genesis in the months to come. It's been a number of years since we've done this together. I think it was 2018. And uh, how many of you were not here in 2018? Let me see your hands. You see? That's why we're doing this. So we're grateful that we have God's Word. And I'm going to read this first chapter, and then we'll begin our study. This is God's Word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seeds in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, And let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, 
Let the water teem with living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth, across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's word on these stations, and I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be a part of the miracle. That's wvr.org. Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand Isn't that lovely? Isn't it powerful? Isn't it great? Are we supposed to believe this? I mean, it's nice, but is it true? Yes. Yes. Now, do different people who believe it's true have different understandings of what it says and what it means? Yes. But I 
know this. God has not only revealed himself in creation so that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows forth his handiwork, but God has revealed himself through his word. The scriptures are God-breathed. God gave us this so that we would know the truth. What this tells us is that nothing is here by accident. And that is certainly true of you. You're no accident. God made you, and he had a purpose. You were made by design. So you're saying everything about everything is the way that It's supposed to be, and God says it's very good. No, we're going to get to that part. Early in Genesis, we will find out about why there's a whole lot of stuff that's a mess. And it's all because of sin. People blew it. God said, if you do what I say, it's abundant life. If you disobey... It's going to bring death. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why there's a lot of stuff that isn't the way that it originally was, and it's not the way that it's going to be. Jesus taught his followers to pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, so does that mean that uh, there's a lot of stuff on earth that is just contrary to God's will? Well, it depends on what you mean by God's will. God is in control, and if God chose to, he could fix it all right now. But if God right now were to get rid of everything that isn't the way it should be on earth, none of us would be here for lunch. The Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians, and he says, look, I am pressing on toward the mark to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. He says, but I'm not saying I've already arrived. I, I haven't already become all that God intends us to be. I referenced in my prayer what we're told in 1 John. What amazing love God has shown to us that we should be called his children. And that is what we are. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when Christ comes and we see him face to face, we're going to be transformed into his glorious, glorious likeness. We don't see that now. You and I are not the way that we will be in heaven. But I want you to know that God says he's the one who has a plan for you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross to pay for your sins. You're trusting Jesus. Your sins are paid for. So, why are we going to study the book of Genesis? Because it's the truth. 
It answers so many questions that people have asked throughout history. So, you know, how, how'd this guy, I mean, did you say Moses wrote this? Well, I didn't say that, but yes. Um, how, how'd Moses know this stuff? Because this is God-breathed. It was inspired, that's what the word inspired means, it was inspired by God, and Moses wrote what God told him. And I'll tell you something that you just need to embrace this if you want to understand reality. God was there when all this happened. Okay? Moses wasn't. Moses doesn't pretend. Well, yes, boys and girls gather around. You know, you can tell by my beard I'm a very old man. I want to tell you about what it was like on the first day of creation. He wasn't there. But he could say, gather around, I want to tell you what it was like on the first day of creation, because even though I wasn't there, God told me. And this is how it went down. Okay? So this account is God's word. There's plenty in it that has layers of meaning and significance and that even people who love the Lord and believe it's true don't agree about. And I'll give you an example. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was, was formless and empty. Let's see, I see a little letter up there after the word was. It goes to a footnote down below. It says, or possibly became. So, verse 2, now the earth became formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was everywhere over the waters. Oh, Pastor Wood, I can't believe you're going to bring up the gap theory. Well, I am. And the reason is because even though it is not the view of most folks, it certainly is something we ought to take into account as an example of what some folks believe who really believe the Bible's true. They believe that word would be better translated became. Well, is that Hebrew word sometimes translated became? Yes, it is, but not often. It's usually translated exactly as we have it here and exactly as... Translations have had it going back to the Septuagint, which was the Jewish translation into Greek before the time of Christ. Okay? The general consensus has been that it should say the earth was formless and void. But it could also say became, because that word in Hebrew is translated became sometimes in the Old Testament. Okay, so which is it and what difference does it make? Well, one difference that it would make is it would help us understand not just that the earth might be older than the more recent recreation, but it would help, help us understand, for instance, the existence and fall of Lucifer. What do you mean by that? 
Well, in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The terms used there don't just refer to the sky that's going to be talked about later on or the land that's going to be talked about later on. It's talking about the universe, and the rest of Scripture makes this very clear. We're talking about God didn't just create this planet. God didn't just create this solar system. God didn't just create this galaxy. God created the entire universe, and not just the physical universe. God created all the spirit beings that we don't see that exist in the spirit realm. God created all that. And the Bible testifies to that over and over and over again. So, unless you're going to believe that Satan, for example, has always been around. He's the dark side. God is the light, and Satan is the dark side. And it's the yin and the yang, and um, you don't want to go over to the dark side. You want to stay in the light. Well, you don't want to go over to the dark side, that's for sure. But the yin and the yang, that's a lie from the dark side. Satan is not God's equal. Lucifer was not Jesus' spirit brother, as Mormonism would have it. You and I need to understand that God didn't come into being at the beginning. Well, where did God come from? That's a nonsense question, totally legitimate for little children. Because everything else has a starting point. Everything else came from somewhere. So naturally, we wonder, where did God come from? God didn't come from. God has always been. Well, everything else has a starting point. Yeah, because God made everything. Everything else has a starting point precisely because God made everything. And so, of course, everything else is going to have a starting point, but not God. The fact that everything he made has a starting point doesn't mean that God must have to have one. Who made God? No, he made God. God's always been. Well, I just don't believe that. Okay. You don't have to believe it, but it's not going to change reality. The truth is, God is eternal. He has always been and always will be. But in the beginning, which by the way is where we get the name for the book Genesis, in the beginning, God, who was already there, made the heavens and the earth. He made everything. And there's a lot of stuff God made that you and I don't see. Amen? There's even stuff in the material world that we don't see, unless we get an electron microscope. Okay? Fascinating what you can see with an electron microscope. I think it's amazing what you can see with just a regular microscope. Absolutely fabulous. You look at the the cells of a thing, Plant, insect, amoeba. An amoeba doesn't have cells, it is a cell. I'm glad you know that. But guess what? 
You can actually watch a live amoeba under a microscope. But you have to have a microscope to watch a live amoeba. Okay? You can't see it with just this eye unless you've got magnification. Okay, so what, what's your point? My point is there's all kinds of stuff that we didn't even know existed because we couldn't see it. And then after we could see it, then we began to name it, continuing what Adam got to do in Genesis 2, and that was name the creatures. We still do that as an exercise in dominion, but more about that another time. I want you to see in Genesis 1 just a couple of basic points. We'll look, God willing, in more detail next time. But I want you to see, again, I'm reiterating, God made everything. And God made it with a purpose. He had an assignment for the various things he made, and he took delight in his creation. God didn't create some things on the first day and look at it and say, well, that's not very good, let me try again. And so the second day, he did some other stuff, and he looked at it, and he said, well, that's a little better, but it's not, still not good. No. From the very beginning, everything that God does is good. If you believe that, it will change the way you view your present circumstances. Not that everything that's happening in my life is good, but believing Romans 8.28 that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. Well, is there anything uh, in this world that you believe uh, God views as not good? Oh, yes. God makes that abundantly clear all through the scriptures. There are things that happen that anger God. So, uh, so, so that part was out of his control. Nope. God has sovereignly chosen to allow people to do things that are evil. Not because he doesn't have the power to prevent it, but because he has sovereignly chosen to allow people to experience the consequence of sin. This world is filled with evidence that something's wrong. Even people who don't believe in God Look at stuff that's going on and say, huh, I, you know, I, that, that's just wrong. Bingo. You're right. Some atheists, thinking themselves wise, want to argue against the existence of God because if there is a God, and if God is good, and God has all power, then why is there evil in the world? Read the book answers that question. The reason there's evil in the world is because God gave our first parents choice. And we said, hmm, well, I know God said I shouldn't, but that looks good. <laughs> now, I know you can't imagine a person who thinks like that. When we're done, you can all go look in the mirror. Right? All of us follow that pattern. That's why we need a savior. Let me just tell you something. You and I cannot clean ourselves up enough to make ourselves presentable to God. There is no way that we can fix our problem ourselves. That's why Jesus came. 
What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Genesis tells us where we came from. Tells us where everything came from tells us that God has a plan and that you and I need to trust Him so that we can experience what God created us to be. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number. 866-41-ABIDE or contact us on the web at wvr.org.